You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. I always have a constant fear of uh, being the guy that screws things up. I've done that once, maybe twice. Forgot to hit record or it malfunctioned, which wasn't necessarily <laughs> my fault. But. I think Sometimes we've all done that. I think that's a, I think that's a rite of passage when it comes to podcasting, isn't it? What you mean? Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. And that, folks, I, I think is how we're going to start Geekiest Show ever this week. Don't be that guy, um, or that gal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever the case may be, but yeah. So um, we'll we'll start out with our. Uh, well, let's uh, let's make sure we introduce everybody here first. So uh, I'm here. You know, I'm raising my hand. You can see it over you sure the. About that? You, know, you sure you can't see it over the audio? Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Melissa is here. Woohoo! Okay. I'm and, squeaky clean, too. <laughs> uh, that's a rarity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, okay, we're talking physically. My, we won't talk. my ritualistics. <laughs> okay, well, physically, we won't delve into the mental part. Right. And, right, no. Uh, and then uh, Elisa is here also. Are, I'm waving. Do you see me? Sure. Okay. Are you squeaky clean? Never. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're you're up par for the course. Um, so uh, you know the gangs uh, or the new form gangs all here. Um, so uh, you know why don't we go to what we usually do next, just so we can make sure we annoy Mark and make Kevin happy, and let's talk about our weather. Uh, do we have some? <laughs> yeah, we do. It's snowing right now, which Ooh. I know Kevin is beside himself right now. He's thrilled, but it's snowing. It's not supposed to be that much. It looks like right now about a coating, and it's supposed to snow pretty much the rest of the night, but that's about it, and it's going to be in the 20s to 30s the rest of the week. So nothing special. Yeah, let's see. Ours is about 5 degrees. Uh, we've had a little snow, which, again, it's one of those things I've been, uh, you know, I've been talking to people around here, and it's one of those things I certainly am not disappointed by not having to blow snow, but if this continues on into our rainy season and we don't get the rain in farming country, that could be kind of bad. So we're kind of looking to see, you know, we're hoping that winter will just, It'll stay the way it is, and then when we start to need the rain, that will, you know, pick up, start doing something. And we need snow too. I mean, we got to refill our our uh, streams and our ponds and our lakes around here. So I know we do need snow. It's just that I don't like moving it. But right now we've got about five degrees, a little, probably about an inch of snow on the ground, maybe. And uh, tomorrow it looks like we might hit a high of fifteen. Um, it's not showing me. Oh, here we go. The 10 day forecast. Um, I'm hoping that there's going to be a warming trend, although 15 isn't too bad. Eh, it looks like we're going to be in the mid teens for most of this week, maybe by next Sunday, maybe up into the thirties, but we'll see when that comes. And then, uh, Melissa, do we even need to ask you what the weather is like out there? I don't think you want to know. It's going to be in the eighties all week long. (laughs) God. (laughs) In the 80s and sunshine. Okay, give me a moment here. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take a moment for yourself. (laughs) uh, The moment's passed. So, um, all right. But now uh, on to uh, people may, uh, there's the possibility that this may sound a little different than what it normally does, this podcast. Um, So we're trying out something here. We're using Discord for recording this podcast because Skype, Skype has always been, 
let's go with mildly interesting. Um, pretty freaking annoying sometimes too. So. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you're being, well, you're being a little too kind there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll go with what Lisa said. Yeah, it's a bitch. Um, and, you know, it rears its ugly head in rather psychotic ways. Um, there's been times even uh, – I don't think we've had too much problems on this show, but I know on uh, uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, we've had troubles trying to get Jeff to connect. Uh, I think he's gotten to the point where he uses Skype on his phone, so it sounds a little weird and because I think it's acting up on his computer. Uh, and we've heard lots of other podcasters um, – um, Oh, the Matt Geek Gab guys, I believe, um, mm -hmm. are using yeah, they've this. They've been using Discord for a while. Yeah, uh, Scott Johnson, I know, is using it for some of his podcasts. There's a few other, uh, you know, well-known podcasters out there that have switched over to it. So we're going to give it a try. We're going to see how it works. Uh, if this works, um, you know, we'll probably be doing this. So in the end, ultimately, you guys hopefully won't notice anything except maybe improved audio quality. Or we're always praying that the hosts will have better quality, but you know that comes and goes as you know as uh, t as time passes. But um, yeah, and we're trying out a new. Uh, we got to record this a little bit differently because with Skype we had call recorder and we just funnel it into there and then take it out. Now I've got piezo and it's been a while since I fired it up, but it seems to be working. I see the needles twitching over there and moving, so hopefully this will all be good. But. Um, I just downloaded it this afternoon and haven't had too much of a chance to play with it. I think, um, uh, Elisa and Melissa, weren't you and uh, you guys and Kevin playing around with it on Friday? Yeah, we yeah. had a little bit of an impromptu play date. That was kind of fun. Yeah, because I know you guys were messaging, and so I was getting, like, dinged all day as you guys were <laughs> uh, trying to get things figured out. He's, and like, set up. he's like, mute, <laughs> mute, <laughs> do not disturb. Uh, so, uh, like I say, so far the, cause we've been at this, what, about half an hour or I've been at this about half an hour with you guys in here. Yeah. It seems okay. Uh, the interface seems reasonably straightforward, a little less cluttered and chaotic than, uh, Skype. So Skype looked like, um, Microsoft stuck a bunch of ideas in a shotgun and shot it at Skype and see what stuck. Um, well, there was glitter everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they are trying to purdy it up too much. And now Discord, I guess, was basically designed. Uh, basically, it's for gamers who want, uh, you know, kind of a lag-free solution for talking to each other while they're gaming. Um, that's where I guess it's got its roots from. I don't know a lot about it, but you know, other people have started adapting it and using it because you know, whether you're podcasting or gaming, you know, it uh, uh, all works the same. And then, okay, so. Uh, who set up the server for this? Was that you? I did. Okay. How much of a? How hard was that? Uh, I I I did it on my iPhone. Actually, I mean, when I first started playing with this with Elisa the last time, I was on the Mac, and then I wanted to try out the iOS interface, and it was really easy. I mean, it's. It, in some places, it's not as intuitive. You're like, well, what is a channel, and what's the difference between voice, and what's you know? Okay, there's text, and so. I went in and I named wherever I could change the default name. I changed it to something else just so I could see what changed and what was different. But I did everything that you guys are seeing. I did on my iPhone. So I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it. Uh, I, you can customize it a lot. So I like it, customizing stuff. 
Well, that's true. And then when we were, uh, just before we started, we were all kind of getting in the settings and playing around a little bit. Now, mine, it seemed to take my settings for my uh, uh, microphone and my uh, headphones uh, okay. Now, Elisa, you had a little bit of difficulty. Does it seem like it's sticking now? I hope so. Let me just double check. And what see did you what have to do to get it fixed? Because I, I know ended- my problem last time was just to turn the damn microphone on. <laughs> well, see, I just have a blue snowball, so it doesn't it's have an on switch. Right. You just plug it in, and it's supposed to be recognized because that's how that Audio Hijack Pro recognizes it. Skype recognizes it. It kept saying default, mm-hmm. and Mike could hear a difference. So I tried closing. That didn't work. So I signed out and I signed back in and that didn't work. So I tried a different USB port and that didn't work. And then I went back to the original USB port and it worked. Hmm. So I don't know. And I'm looking right now and it is saying blue snowball. So if for some reason the sound quality on my end changes, it's because it stopped recognizing it. Okay. What about what are your system preferences microphone set to be? Is that all the same? Like, is it the same in the Discord settings and system preference? Let me tell settings? you. Because um, I, I imagine they should all be the same. It is now. Because that's what I struggle with sometimes. Yeah, I never look there, to be honest with you. But right now it's showing headphones for my output, blue snowball for my input. Okay. Uh, where do you oh, find that in, um, uh, in? Under the sound preference. Sound. The way that I always get to it, now I have my menu bar at the top set to show me my um, speaker icon. And so I have gotten in the habit of pressing the option key and then clicking on the speaker. And then it shows you both the output device and the input device. And you can just select them right from in that drop down menu. That's what I've just kind of gotten accustomed to and then if you want to dig deeper then you can click on the sound preferences from that drop down and then take you into system preferences sound yeah and mine are set for my uh well because the mini doesn't have an internal microphone um so it's set for my ex uh my microphone and my uh i'm using a um because i think this uh output uh, the headphone on jack on the mac mini is a little weird so i'm using a uh usb sound card basically a c media usb headphone set is what i'm using for output to listen to this and it's recognized that in preferences so um because when i started up it said default so i was using all my defaults now um that's but, what I'm asking. If, if yeah. the default is it grabbing it from the system preferences? I think that's where it's getting it from. Yeah, well, because it would say default, but I went in and changed it inside Discord to mm-hmm. my uh, my headphone and my uh, uh, audio card, basically. And it seems to uh, it seems to have stuck. Let me go back and yeah, it's still there yet. So. Mine mine stuck because when I launched it again, everything was the same from last time. I didn't have to change anything from default back to anything else so okay. so far so good in that area right and listening to you guys i've heard just a little bit of cyloning uh, i don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have heard anything from my end and it might be the internet at my end um y- you know because we've talked about before about my download uh speeds um and if you know the internet is being used elsewhere around the house, but otherwise it hasn't been too bad. It, it's just a little stutter. I don't think it'll be a. So far, it hasn't been a game changer yet. So. Um, and now you're recording locally, so any siloing that we have heard, because I have heard yeah. some right. from, yeah, from your end. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if it shows up in the recording when we publish the podcast episode, because are you, if you're recording locally, then it, should, it probably should. won't. It, we probably won't hear it in the in the. Uh, <laughs> I sound like I'm silent. I'm actually just <laughs> physically stuttering right now. <laughs> well, I'm thinking if I Come heard on, it on hey, brain meat mouth. <laughs> well, I'm thinking if I heard it on my end, it should be on my recording. But we'll see how that that goes. But. Uh, and it's only like a second or two, so um, it's one of those. Unless you're, you know, are exceedingly OCD, it shouldn't be too big an issue for this. But um, you know, so like I said, we're going to try and experiment, see how it goes, and um, you know, we hope this works because, like I say, Skype just. I think I've invented new swear words to <laughs> when dealing with Skype. So, uh, so you know, we'll we'll continue the experiment. We'll see how it goes. But you know, speaking of of new things, Elisa, you have a new Apple Watch there, don't you? Yeah, I finally did. <laughs> um, I think the last time we talked, I had sent mine in, and I hadn't gotten the money back. Is that correct? I've lost track of time. Yeah, I yeah. think so. You had set it in, uh, send it in, and you were still waiting to hear about uh, how much. I think either you knew how much or you were just waiting for the confirmation. Just waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. Well, what ended up happening is they sent me something uh, from the company that I turned the watch into, and they said, yep, you're going to get your $50 card. Everything you said was true. Apple will be emailing it to you. Okay. Well, you figure a couple hours later you should be getting it. Well, a few days went by. So I tried calling them. I must have called six different times, and I was on hold for over an hour. Uh-oh. And I said, this is ridiculous. Did you call so Apple I sent Care? Or- no, this is to the company that had my my watch. Oh, it wasn't and, uh, Apple? like No, Apple this wasn't proper. Apple because I wanted to find out from them. I think they're a company that works with Apple. Oh, And okay. I wanted to find out from them, where's my gift card? Because I want to either go to the Apple store and buy it or go online and buy it. And... I finally emailed them and I basically said, I hope you respond to emails quicker than you answer the phone. Was this there is- a, ch- a text chat available? Cause I like doing no, chat, even if it's no. a bot, I don't care. Yeah. I usually don't, but they mm-hmm. didn't have it. It was like a phone call. But so I just um, sent them an email within five minutes. I got a response. Good. Like, you know, and I told them, I said, I called you numerous times and I've been on hold. This is ridiculous. So they said, well, I needed to give them one piece of information. So I emailed them back. And within a couple hours, I had my gift card. Oh, good. Okay. So that Wednesday, so this coming Wednesday will be two weeks. I went down, I went to the mall, went to the Apple store. I said, I will take that one. So I That's what you wanted to do. Before. Good. I, I bought a Series 3, G, um, not, cell, not cellular, um, gray sports band. What's and the difference then, between in price between the cellular versus the non-cellular? Is it like a hundred dollars? Seventy dollars. I paid three twenty-nine, okay. and it's three ninety-nine, I believe, if you get the cellular. Okay. Which I will never use. Yeah, so it and wasn't worth it for the extra no, seven, no, seventy seventy bucks. For you. And then I went on Amazon and I bought a five-dollar band, which will look nice at the wedding. So. <laughs> Yeah, so now I've got the, the – and this band is a buckle band. Is it fabric or is it nope, silicone? It's the, it's the still the, the – yeah, the sports band-ish material. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's got a buckle instead cool. of the little knots mm-hmm. and the little knobs on them. So now I've got the gray, I've got the white, and I've got the blue. Is that now, the, the other thing that – go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, is that uh, sports band, is that, a, is that vinyl or is that uh, – it's not metal, is it? 
No, it's like, what was it, silicone or something like that? Silicone. Okay, it's yeah, because when I got my Pebble watch, I had like a leather band. Well, considering what I do and how much I sweat, that didn't last very yeah, long. Yeah, that didn't good. last. <laughs> no, no. So I was wondering what kind that was. So, okay. Yeah. And then the next day after I bought it, I had never gotten this before. I received an email from Apple that said, sign up for your free 30-minute online session. Yeah. And it said, thank you for your recent purchase, and that it would go over things about the new device I bought. So it wasn't specifically for the watch. It could have been a phone. It could have been an iPad. But it said uh, you'll have a, a session with someone from Apple, and it will go over different things about your new product. So I said, well, what the heck? I already know what's going on, but, you know, that's fine. And it's a half-hour appointment. So I scheduled the appointment for this past Tuesday. And what they do is um, it's one-on-one. I thought it was a group of us, like maybe a bunch of people would oh. sign up for, you know, Monday at three o'clock and then it would be a group kind of a thing. And she said, no, it's one-on-one. I'm she glad talked- you told me that because I got that same thing when I bought my iPad and I just kind of dismissed it. I was like, I know how to use an iPad, but I was tempted. I was tempted to go in, but I assumed the same thing that it was going to be a group. And I just, I don't really have the, the patience for that. But if yeah. it's a one-on-one, yeah. I might go in just to, just to like play dumb and see <laughs> Well, no, I didn't do that. I figured because it said, even if you're experienced, you might get something out of it. And I said, oh, Uh what the heck, for half an hour. Um, From from my particular case, it really wasn't all that helpful because I already knew the things that needed, you know, that you needed to know for the watch. Mm -hmm. It's one-on-one. She talks to you on the phone and then the little video screen pops up and they have a dummy. Oh, so you don't have to go into the store and get Oh, no, no. It's at my computer. Oh, that's good. Okay. I'm glad you told me click. Yeah. So you click. Here, you know, you click on the email and it brings you to the website, excuse me, and then a little window pops up and then she types in, you know, I'll call you in a few minutes. So then she calls me on the phone and I put that on speaker and she has a dummy watch and then she'll just say, okay, what is it you want to know? Pardon me, I got a frog in my throat. I might just do it just to see how they do things. I I mean, because that's something you can definitely learn from. You can always learn from how other people do things and see if there's something you like and incorporate it in the way that you talk to people. And that's probably what I'll I'll do because that's basically what I do with my clients. Yeah. Wow. What is going on here? So she was, you know, she was really nice. And she's saying, well, do you know how to do this? Yeah, I do. I said, this is, you know, I've had a watch for two years. I pretty much know. The only thing that I really wanted to know about was the SOS because that's not something I wanted to play with, just mm. in case. So she showed mm-hmm. me how to do that. And I totally forgot about having that water droplet that's on the top of the watch. So in case it ever gets wet, how to spit the water out. Totally forgot I even had it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so so that part was good. And then what you do is you can ask questions such as, I am totally new. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and then they'll go through step by step and say, well, Here's how you track your activity. Here's how you listen to music. Here's how you, you know, do texting or whatever it is you want to know. Or if you have something specific, you can say, I have this list of questions. Well, you're going to be able to wear that in the pool now. You couldn't do that before. Right. And I'm going to try it. Cool. That was my next question. Are you going to shower with it? Are you going to, are you going to do more water related activities with it? No, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. shower with jewelry. Mm -hmm. So that'll come off. Um, But at least now in the pool, because every time I went in the pool, the yeah. last two summers, I would wear it when I'm sitting in the chair. But as soon as I went in the water, I took it off. Yeah. So now I don't have to worry about taking it off. That's cool. And, okay. you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. Now, um, so let me uh, understand this now. So you got to talk to a, a real person on the computer 
about mm-hmm. for a half hour or whatever. So so somebody like me out here in the sticks, pardon me while I whine, whose nearest Apple store is five hours away, could still benefit yeah. from something like this. Although, like I say, I, I'm going to guess I'm probably in Elisa's uh, court that I probably know a fair amount, but I'm open. I, there's something I may have, you know, I don't know everything. So it'd be kind of interesting to do that. But uh, that that's nice to know that, uh, especially, like I say, for us out here in the, like I say, because I think there's only a handful of states, I think two or three that don't have an Apple store, and I live in one of them. Um, but for people who do buy an Apple product and want to learn how to use it, that and that have that option, that is kind of nice. But even for people like me, where my Apple store is a 20-minute drive, but it's always packed and I don't want to go there, <laughs> that works out yeah. well, too. But I always like learning new. There, the the people who work in the store or who do this kind of thing are always really good about sharing little tips and tricks with you. And I really enjoy learning those kinds of things. I wanted it made me it reminded me of something that I wanted to tell you guys about that I just discovered by accident. I was frustrated. My my son is doing a science experiment, and it requires using a timer to or a stopwatch to time it. So he has to do this thing where he has to swish water for for thirty seconds. And so I'd sit there with my with my watch, you know, showing it to him and we watch it count, you know, count up to 30 seconds. And I was frustrated because I don't like it when you tap it and then it accidentally taps one of the other three. By default, the the watch face that you see when you're using the stopwatch is the analog where it shows you the actual clock with the hands going around really fast and all that kind of thing. I just wanted to see 30 seconds. I just wanted to see a digital version. It turns out that when you are in that face, when you tap and you hold on it, you get those choices and you can choose digital. So I wondered if you guys have ever tried long pressing on an icon to see. Are you talking about the watch or the phone? On the watch, since we were talking about that, I figured I'd bring it up. But on the watch, in the stopwatch function. Okay. So if you're in that, if if you tap and hold, it'll switch to four gray icons. Yes. And then you can choose between analog, digital, graph, and hybrid. I don't have any use for those other things, but I really wanted the digital. And that just made me so happy that I could tap on digital. And now I don't have to worry about the other, the other analog faces when I'm using that tool, for instance. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I just thought that was fun because somebody else was talking about the camera app and I was exploring that. And, you know, there's lots of different faces or not faces. I shouldn't say faces, but the, the apps or, you know, like the clock app. I guess that's the app. And then there's the individual tools within that that you can long press on and then it'll show you other options for how you want to see things. Mm -hmm. So I had fun with that. I thought I'd bring that up. (laughs) But those are the kinds of things that you can learn when when you go into an Apple store or in your case, when you call up somebody and you speak to them one-on-one. Yeah, there's other things that you can do. now. I think this is pretty, must be pretty new because I've never gotten this email before when I've bought phones or uh, iPads or anything like that. So either it's a new program, relatively new, or this is just happens to be the first time I got the email. That's what I, I think it's a not. combination of both because I've experienced the same thing. I had never gotten that email before until I bought my new iPad. And I don't even think I got it with my iPhone, come to think of it. Maybe I did, or maybe it was for the iPhone and not the iPad because now I can't remember which one I got in which order. But um, I think it's probably because, remember, they used to have the one-on-one plan, and then they did away with it. So this could be, maybe it was a, in response enough people complained that there wasn't that one-on-one 
uh, service that was being offered because you could buy it for like, a, you know, it was like $99, $99 for a whole year. Yeah. But my clients complained because even though they pay me an hourly fee, they're still paying Apple if they wanted to do that. But the thing that they liked was always getting the same person with me. Whereas when you go to Apple, you're not guaranteed to get the same person. So you may have had a session with someone and really like them and go back there expecting to get that same genius or that same technician and you don't get that same person. And then you could get somebody who doesn't explain things thoroughly enough or doesn't take their time or whatever. So that really frustrated, I know, a lot of people. So yeah. what's also nice is that when we were all done, she said, do you want me to send you a transcript? And I said, yeah. So it's not like, it wasn't like a word for word transcript, but it was basically links of things we talked about. Yeah. So if you great. do have someone who's new, one of the links was uh, the how-to guide mm-hmm. for how to do everything. Or if it was something specific, like this is how you do this, it was a link directly to that particular page. Hmm. So that way, the person who is still trying to learn has a resource they can go to without having to use their Google Foo or go, what was that page again that she told me about? All right there in your email. So it's something, you know, if you've got a question about something, even if you feel like you're pretty experienced or pretty good at what you're doing, but you just don't get this aspect of your device. If you buy a new one, take advantage of this. It's free. Mm -hmm. Well, It's about half an hour. And I'm trying to remember when I got uh, our uh, new iPhones, I don't recall, or maybe I'm trying to recall if I didn't get one or if I just got one and kind of went, yeah, no. And just, yeah, could just be either or. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and then I've got to say that the, the battery life is night and day. I bet. I bet it is. <laughs> well, the lowest I've gotten so far is 50%, though I am a little wondering about today for spite. I've only had the watch on for about eight hours and I'm down to 65%. So I'm kind of wondering about that because there have been days, the days that I exercise, obviously the battery drains quicker, mm-hmm. but I've never had it go below 50. So I wonder if your heart rate, your heart health is better now that you're not so stressed about the battery. <laughs> <laughs> There's less bad words coming out. Yeah. Okay. So That's what good. you're saying is you, the Apple Watch has improved your vocabulary. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe your sanity. Well, that that definitely, and, that definitely, and probably your health, because I think now, if I well, got if I got any more angry messages from you on uh, iMessage about your watch, <laughs> I was going to start fearing for your either your uh, health or somebody else's life. I, you know. Yeah, now I'm still we're still trying to work on the iCloud photo library, but oh gosh, I, oh. we're still still waiting on that one. So you haven't gotten any kind of feedback on it or they told no, you that I, they're working I on emailed, it? Or? No, this is what irritated me. I emailed him on Wednesday because the guy that I'm working with works Saturday through Wednesday. So I emailed him Wednesday. I'm like, hello, anything? What's going on? Mm. And he said, uh, engineering wants to, wants to make sure you have iCloud turned off on all your devices before they begin. I'm like, dude, what? I said 10 days ago when I spoke to you iCloud was turned off on all my oh devices my before I spoke to you. Now, they don't want iCloud off completely. They just want iCloud photo, photo library. library turned yes. off. Okay. Shoot. For a second. So I'm, like, oh, I'm, no. thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to give him till Tuesday. And then what I'm thinking about doing, if he says, well, engineering hasn't gotten back to me, I'm thinking I'm saying, screw this. Just turn it back on and either nope, see, I, a, see what happens or B, nuke and pave or... Well, not new can pave. What I'm thinking about, well, in a, in a sense, not mm-hmm. the whole computer, though. I'm thinking about deleting all my pictures on all my devices, just throwing them all out. I have no photos whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Going back and bringing in from my Sierra time machine 
bringing those pictures back in as a fresh library mm-hmm. and have it populate, which I know is going to take some time, but have it populate to the cloud, then turn everything on and see what happens. It's also going to kill your battery, just so you know. <laughs> which is, not, all, you know, all that's that backgrounding and yeah, yeah, that's that's not a deal. And and just doing that way because I'm tired of the wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Like come on already. This is why it takes so long to triage problems because you keep thinking, well, it's probably me because I flipped those switches and now it's going to do that thing. And yeah, so that's why I didn't get the battery replaced when I should have gotten the battery replaced for the iPhone. Or I mean, I'm going to do it, but I know that right now everything is is all backed up. So I'm just going to wait until closer to the end of the year to have that replaced. I am dreading it. I actually am up against a wall with my Mac now. Um, my 2016 that I just got, what, last year? It's it's a, yeah. it's a year old now. Um, having a video issue where every once in a while I sit down to it and there's this banding going across the screen. So I took a couple of pictures and I posted it in one of the forums on Facebook and a couple of people right back said, yep, that's definitely a video issue. And I have Apple Care, so I'm not like too stressed about having to afford it or anything. What I am stressed about is it's probably going to be a logic board replacement because all that stuff is attached and soldered and all that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to plan just like I'm, I'm thinking about all the stuff that you're going through. I'm going to be soon going through that. I'm starting the process now of archiving things and backing things up and making clones and trying to figure out how I'm going to live without this machine and have to work without it as well because, you know, it's my livelihood. It's my 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 bread and butter. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for a week because I'm assuming it's probably going to take a full week to get this in and out. And, and then I have to decide... I really, like we were just talking about, I don't want to go into the, the store that's nearby. It's it's busy. I know I'm going to have to make an appointment, go in there, stand in line, wait, get the appointment. And they're going to say, yep, we're going to have to send it out. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll stand there and say, I could have told you that. So I kind of want to save myself all the hassle and just call them on the phone and say, send me a box and, and send it to taxes. You know what I mean? Because I've been there, done yeah. that. Mine took about a week, too. On this particular yeah. computer, twice the logic board went. Really? Wow. I bought the computer October of 2013. Oh, my God. That January, I went out in the morning, and I my intention was, as soon as I walked in the door, to start doing some backups, because it had been like a couple of weeks since I had backed up, and I had nothing. Oh, Absolutely man. nothing. Just black. And I was like panicked. Mm. Brought it to the Apple store, I think that day, and they set up your logic board. So they would end up having the hard drive. So then you lose everything. No, no, no. Because what they ended up doing at the store is they said, what we can offer you is a brand new computer. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, because I haven't done backups, which is what I was going to do as soon as I walked in the door. Had had I backed up and then this happened, maybe I would have done it. But they said, okay, then we have to send it out. So they sent it out, comes back. Great. Everything's fine. Until that May. And then it Hmm. happened again. And at that Mm -hmm. point, I said, give me a new computer. Yeah, see, that's why I'm just going to prepare for the for the worst in if they do offer a new computer. I mean, at this point, they'll probably replace the logic board. And then 
I don't know if it's the same as it used to be. It used to be that it was a three strikes and you're out policy where, because that's how my last computer got replaced because there was three problems, like three major problems with it. And then they were like, yeah, we're just going to give you a new computer. So ever since that has happened, I'm always just prepared for the worst, not the worst. I mean, it is actually, it's a good scenario because if you get a brand new computer out of it, it just, you know, lasts that much longer, but it's, it's shame what you have to put up with until it gets to that point. But yeah, I'm just plan. I'm just going to prepare for it. It having to be the hard drive having to be replaced along with whatever else. And that may not be the case. And if it's not great, but if it is, then at least I'll be prepared. I, I that's just the way that I feel about it. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Well, so we've got, you know, updates and stuff out of the way. Now, how about <laughs> we prove that I am human? Uh, I know it's hard for people <laughs> to believe, but um, check the box and show me three pictures of bridges. Sure. Um, well, what I did was I sent my DNA off to uh, Ancestry.com, and I got it back here. And, uh, you know, the commercials where the guys, are, oh, I was shocked to find out. Nothing too shocking to find out here. I'm just a little bit. Okay, so I've always considered myself to be half Scotch-Irish with a little bit of English in there, and then the other half German, because my mom was, uh, and her uh, her tribe is uh, all came from Germany, whereas the McPeaks have been in this country since before the Revolutionary War, so all bets uh, were off on what was going to end up there. So I sent the results off, and I got them back. And How long did it take? Um, well, they said for the... Uh, was it four to eight weeks? So I was kind of anticipating about the middle of February, but I got them back oh. uh, middle of January. So it was like four oh, okay. weeks. I thought it was quick, a lot quicker than I had thought. And I and I had participated in one of those specials where I think I got it. The the price was like sixty dollars. They if you watch them, they'll have sales from time to time. Oh, yeah, uh, because uh, yeah, they're it? normally about a hundred. Yeah, I was going to say, and this one was like about 60. Um, so I sent that one off, and I got it back. Now, uh, like I say, I was uh, – I've always considered myself Irish, but uh, I, it came well, back – Peak certainly sounds Irish. <laughs> well, or Scottish. Well, when it came Scottish. back – Scottish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, like I said, we always consider ourselves Scotch-Irish or something like that. So, Is there any differentiation between the MAC and the MC? Well, I've always considered MAC Scotch and MC Irish. That's my interpretation. Okay. I I should check to see if that's true or not. And when it comes down to McPeak, that's why I always spell my name at the end of the podcast, because there mm-hmm. is ours are also McPeaks that are E-A-K, and I think I've even see a, seen a few that are E-A-K-E, along oh, with my. the MC and the MAC variations of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I spell it, just so that if somebody's used to a different version of it, they got mine right. So it came back that I'm 66% Great Britain, and they say that uh, is England, ah. Scotland, and Wales. No mention of Irish okay. in there. Now, my sister hmm. oh. and my brother have also sent theirs in, and um, I think my sister's came back. She was like 1% Irish. And I'm going, okay. That's that's it? <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm going, okay, we're Scottish. I'm fine with that. Although you know, I've always kind of considered the Irish the bards and the, uh, you know, the roustabouts and the rastafarians of the, the group. So, but okay, I can go with Scott. So, you, know, uh, you know, Kevin will appreciate that because Scott's wear kilts. And so uh, he might be on board with that. <laughs> but uh, so, like I said, it came back 66% uh, uh, Great Britain and then uh, 22% East 
uh, Europe West, as they call it. So that's Belgium, France, Germany, Netherlands, Switzerland, Luxembourg, and Liechtenstein. Um, so that kind of makes sense because, like I say, my grand or my great grandparents, I think, was immigrated from. Um, uh, Germany. So, and the thing about you know over there, especially in Germany, the borders fluctuated a lot, and they you all know, they ebbed and waned, and mm-hmm. included different things. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So that wasn't too much of a surprise. Although, and I, my sister and I were talking about this too, and that you know DNA will come together differently for different people. Because now my sister's uh, percentages on these two was flipped around, so she was more. Europe West, I think hers was like 58% and 22% Great Britain. You, so You have the same parents? Yes, yes. Uh, but the DNA still gets different? Oh, yeah. Male, it's male versus female, and there's different yeah. types oh. of testing. Wow. You can do testing through your mother's side, through your father's side. Wow. Yeah, and so, and like, and, but my brother's was similar to mine not exactly his was like 58 percent great britain versus 66 percent for mine but we were fairly you know close now my sister had i'm trying to remember which one it was um was it norway uh scandinavian Hmm. something like that in there so the rest of mine was uh europe east which is um poland slovakia czech republic Austria, Russia, Hungary, you know, the, the Slavic countries, I guess, over there, um, Lithuania, Croatia, which makes our a guy in town here very happy because he thought he was the only Croatian in town here. Uh, <laughs> a running joke between us. And then what? Then they get down to what they call the low confidence areas. So it says um. 4% Finland and Northwest uh, Russia. And then it gets down to this last one here. This is only 1%, so you know this could be you know, a complete error. But I've always speculated that since uh, a, a bunch of my ancestors came from Germany before you know, Hitler you know, tried to cleanse uh, Germany of the, the Jews, I was always speculating that there might be a little bit Ju- uh, Jewish in there. So it come back 1% European Jewish. Uh, hmm. So I'm kind of going, well, that's, you know, certainly, you know, interest. And like I say, just one of my crackpot theories doesn't sound completely uh, crackpot. But, uh, you know, I got that back. And, you know, I thought I found it, like I say, it wasn't, oh, you're something completely that you didn't think, well. There was a little validation. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, the, Mm -hmm. the, the rush, but, you know, they're all in the same area, more or less. So depending upon invasions and who conquered who and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, that's going to stand the reason there. But uh, like I said, I didn't see any big surprises in there. But, the you know, the thing that I kind of found interesting was, um, like I say, the, the switches, uh, the reversals of my sister and my DNA versus like or versus me and my brother. Um, that I found kind of interesting. But it is, it is kind of neat. And um you know, they want you to How did it compare to your brothers? Uh, similar. Was it similar? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's just your sister's that was much different well, than yours and your brother's. Yeah, and I don't have his <laughs> handy to bring up, but, you know, it was similar. He had some, he didn't, uh, I think I was the only one that had the Jewish, and uh, he probably had something else in there that I didn't, and my sister had the 1% Irish. And I say that's a little confident stuff, but the. Uh, what makes up the majority, we all had the same stuff in our majority. It's just that the ratios 
worked out a little bit uh, differently. This is like the, the modern geeky way of, of when we were kids and we used to tease our siblings and say, you're adopted. No, you're adopted. <laughs> yeah, well, you were hatched out of the dog's butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say anything about dog's butt on here. Um, write your See, own mine would be a surprise. <laughs> mine would be a surprise if it was anything but Russian. Oh, really? Huh? Right. Russian Polish. Yeah. Uh-huh. All my ancestors. Now, because I'm wondering, Mike, do you work on your genealogy? Because I've been doing it for I was a number of ask years you the with same ancestry. Thing. Yeah. I, I haven't, but my brother and my sister have. Uh, and that's why it's kind of pointless for me to sign up for Ancestry because um, they have all that They're information. They're doing all the work. Yeah, because um, uh, now like on my mom's side of the family, that's been done um, back about four or five generations um i'm part of what we call in uh, around here the seafelt family um and uh it would be my mom's aunt margaret uh she had done that uh it, that was last updated though in 94 the same year that my daughter was born so she just barely made it in there but uh, and, and we were around here we refer to that as the book uh because so many of us mm-hmm. are related yeah, this book <laughs> yeah related in this part of the country we'll use that to settle arguments like, well, I know that, you know, this uh, lumber yard burned down on the same day that this guy died. So you look it up and see when, you know, that happened. So you can, you know, we have our weird way of cross-referencing uh, uh, dates and stuff around here using births, deaths, marriages, whatever. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but my brother and my sister have done, my sister did my grandma McPeak side of the family, which is the Wyman's. Um, and then my brother has. I'm done waiting the, for you to like pop out a name and be like, "Aha, we're related somehow." <laughs> well, who knows? Well, now they've traced it back, and uh, I don't, you know, recall right offhand. I should probably get the information so that I can remember it better. I know we are related to what one or two of the pilgrims, um, hmm. but they're, you know, it's far enough back that it's kind of it's easier to be not related to one maybe then well, you know it's not that big a deal um but i'm related to hal holbrook that'd be kind of cool yeah it'd be kind of cool by, by marriage nobody but... famous on on my yeah, father or my mother's side but on my husband's him? the family always likes to hand the kids you know every once in a while like a a money with andrew jackson on it. like there's your great 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 uncle <laughs> yeah also related to someone from the jewish mafia Oh, well, I see. That's why I don't talk about my family, because I know I'm related to people in the mafia, <laughs> like third, fourth generation Italian. So and I, I think ancestry and I think my heritage, too. You don't have to have a paid account. You can oh. upload the results to the websites. And then what happens is if you give permission, it will find your cousins and aunts and uncles that have the same DNA as you. And if you wish you can get together with them, you can mm-hmm. contact them. So it's like crowdsourced. Well, it's like if, if you put like, say Mike puts up his, his results and I put up mine and, if, and we find out that maybe we each have a cousin in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, have- we can reach out and get in touch with each other. And then you find more relatives that you didn't know you had, but nobody's had to pay really any kind of subscription or anything to do that. Well, you have to pay, if you want to do more research on that person or to, mm-hmm. or to contact mm-hmm. like that person, checks. I think. Yeah. Like I have a subscription to my ancestry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And my, what my sister does is she uh, has, uh, uh, she can access ancestry through the library. So that's how she does yeah. it and kind of skips mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, 
this is description part. And, and like I say, for me, it's uh, I don't need to be researching this because, like I say, on both sides, it's documented uh, fairly well. Uh, and like I say, the McPeaks, um, you know, I don't have any outside of, you know, being related to a couple of the pilgrims. I don't recall there being any, you know, um, um, really interesting people. Uh, it would be kind of cool if I could uh, find out that I'm related to, uh, what was his name? The Wyman and the Rolling Stones. Um, oh, Bill Wyman. Yeah, uh, that would be kind of interesting, but you know, uh, you know, no, no, as far as I know, because um, the McPeaks were just a long line of soil turners, so um, nothing. Has everybody in your family pretty much stuck stuck around the same area, or well, have people scattered to the winds? Well, see, that's the thing. Now, if we went back. Now, this is the stuff that my brother had done, and that was a long time ago, uh, probably about 40 years ago, because he did this before my dad passed away, so we knew some of the stuff back then. There is a place in Ohio, I think it's in Guernsey County, Ohio, uh, kind of a far-flung region up there. There was two families, the McPeaks and the Masters, and I guess it was one of those, uh, uh, they were in kind of a remote area, so they were kind of like intermingled, um, and they were two dominant clans there. But no, in this part of the country, I'm only the third generation generation in South Dakota here because it my my grandfather uh Benjamin McPeak moved here in 1884 I think two years before South Dakota became a state so he homesteaded here so uh mm. I'm only third generation my kids are only fourth generation South Dakotans but I think if we go back to like uh Ohio uh and Illinois and some of those areas there's probably a bunch of them there um and I should get uh, my my grandfather wrote up a story, and then my dad uh, embellished upon it upon uh, about his moving out here. He left, I want to say Illinois, or yeah, I think it was Illinois, in like January, and started towards uh, Dakota Territory. I guess as far as I um, I think Des Moines, Iowa, I believe it was. And he uh, wintered there until spring, and then he came up to homestead his land. But I think it was about this time, around in February, sometime that he stopped in uh, Iowa. A uh, hundred and I'm trying to do the math here. One hundred and thirty some years ago, um, and I say that's my grandfather. Uh, and that's the other weird thing about my family. I think I've mentioned it here before, but we've done generation skipping because my grandfather was born in eighteen fifty nine. Um, so he would be a hundred and um, hundred and f- uh, fifty nine years old this year. So. Um, you know, uh, but and, don't you have family that's really spread out? Like, don't you have siblings that are in different aged in different age yeah, brackets? Yeah, because my next oldest brother is uh, seventy, my sister is seventy two, and then I have two half brothers who would have been seventy five and seventy seven. So there's a uh, you know a fourteen. Are that, you the baby? Yes, I am, and they keep wow, reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and so there's that big gap, and then there's and then like my grandfather didn't start his family until he was in his fifties. Uh, so like mm-hmm. I say, we've managed to eliminate like a probably a full generation there because uh, and my folks didn't have me until they were in their mid forties. So um, mm-hmm. we've managed to you know with me at least we've managed to eliminate just about a whole uh, generation there. That's um, Wow. You well, know, like I say, my grandfather would be, so he's, uh, yeah, 158, 159 some years if he was alive today, which sounds 
weird when you say that because I, you know, I never got to meet my grandfather at all. My grandmother, who was younger than him, uh, passed away a few months after I was born. So one side of my, uh, and there was no other McPeaks around here, so. I never really got to connect to them. Now, like mom's side of the family, it's around here. It's kind of like being in the mafia. They they sort of expect certain things of you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's. You know, I think it my, also depends on the type of family that you have. Like there are some families, from what I've experienced, just in in my marriage and with my own family, there are certain say clans or branches of family that they just don't for whatever reason they keep to themselves and they don't want to have anything to do with anybody really. And so there's really not a lot of history there and just people just aren't really interested and they, they're kind of snobby, I guess. Oh yeah. And then there's other family that they're like, Oh, you're so-and-so's cousin. Come on over, you know, and then they're really hospitable and next thing you know, you're staying in their home and (laughs) you're right. My mother was my mother, her parents were each one of eight children. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. with her father, when I started working on genealogy, I would say to my mother, well, what about, you know, your uncle so-and-so and his kids? She didn't even know they had kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, but is this it because is there were so many siblings? They just had such a big family. They were like, eh, whatever. Whereas, like, maybe smaller-knit families were like, oh, let's get closer. Well, my, the, my, like I said, my grandma was one of eight, and they were all really close. And they all lived, like, her brother lived up the street. And I still remember this from when I was a kid, and they both died in the 70s, the 1970s. So they've been gone a long time. And I Mm -hmm. still remember this. And I remember meeting some of my grandfather's siblings, but not all. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've I've got families like that where there's just so many siblings, it's so hard to keep track of. And then it's like you guys are, there's there's always going to be those several family members who are really, genealogy and family is so important to them that they really do everything they can to document it and and to, you know pass the stories down and keep track of the family bibles or the family documents or you know this was so and so's christening dress or this was so and so's cabinet and this was so and so's wedding china like there are people who know all that kind of stuff and then there are other families where they're just like yeah whatever <laughs> and see i have a combination of that it drives me crazy well i don't see- know which camp i want to be in yet well, and uh, like on mom's side of the family, I think my grandma, uh, she came up from a family of, was it 12? And I think my grandfather came from a family of 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom had, she had an uncle that was younger than she was. Um, and mm-hmm. we refer to, because uh, my mom's name was Margaret, so we'd always refer to um it would be my mom's Aunt Margaret. We always refer, referred to as Aunt Margaret, even though she was our great aunt. Um, she was only like about four years older than mom. So um, and she lived to be the – Well, even the name – even the name complicates things because I have that oh, yeah. too. My grandmother's name is Margaret, right? But yeah. that, that name Margaret, when you name a woman Margaret – so many things can happen because my grandmother is known as Peggy to some families, Marg to others. Some other people use her last name as a nickname or uh, Aunt Margaret or, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. different nicknames oh, yeah. that she's known by. So it's hard to tell sometimes who they're talking about. And then some people have been named after each other. And then like my middle name comes from her. And sometimes you could be talking about the same person, but it's three different people talking about three different people, but it's the same person because of all the nicknames. Well, see, that's just, that just like my, my grandma mind. who had a sister 
and a sister-in-law named Mary, a brother and oh. a brother-in-law named Charlie. Uh, oh, you, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, so you have all these multiple names. Like, who are you talking about? And I don't know if that is is indicative of certain kinds of genetics. Like, I know, for example, in my family, it's on my mother's side, it's predominantly Italian. And all the men are either, not so many, it's the women. The women's names are, are enough variation. But the men, they're all Michaels and Anthonys. Yeah, all Michaels and Anthony's. And then you're talking about Tony, Anthony, Anthony, <laughs> Mike, Michael, Mickey, you know, all, all these different nicknames that it's like, oh, I can't keep track of them all. That's why my children have such very different names. When my husband and I talked about naming our kids, we were like, nope, nope, no Michaels, no Anthony's, no, yep. none of that. <laughs> we well, are okay. ending that now. And when we named our kids, we had specific rules, too, that we follow. One was uh, Roberts, because that was the problem in the McPeak family, uh, probably hmm. because of either the Scottish or the Irish descent, whichever it happens to be. Uh, there are so many Roberts because I have a uh, an uncle named Robert, Robert Wayne, but we always called him Wayne because it was easier, again, to distinguish him from all the mm-hmm. other freaking Roberts in the family. So right. we decided no Robert. We also said short first names, so that's why we have Eric, Ryan, and Emily, because like with me, I'm Michael, but I prefer people it's call me long, Mike. Yeah. yeah, so short mm-hmm. first names, longer middle names. Um, we also mm-hmm. tried to stay away from any unfortunate uh, uh, monograms. Uh, so, right. Uh, because there's <laughs> no a sheriff. PMS and- yeah, or yeah, or like there's a sheriff in town here. His name is Gar- uh, Gail Alexander Smith, so he's gas. Uh, you know, you stay away from <laughs> anything unfortunate like that, and and, um, I got uh, a good one for you. My grandfather, he's he's not with us anymore. It hasn't been for a long time. But his, his name has the same, his initials spell his first nickname. So his initials are F-I-L. And his first name oh. is Felix. And his middle name okay. was Isaac. <laughs> I okay. always thought that was the greatest thing ever. And we kind of stayed away from unusual names because... My dad's name was Orvan, O-R-V-A-N. Mm-hmm. Not a mm-hmm. real common name. I've heard it once or twice, a couple times, not very many. And But you wouldn't believe how many times he's gotten called Orville or things like that. Orville, yeah. Yeah, or back in the day when they hand-wrote out mailing lists and passed them around, he actually got something addressed to Craven McPesk. Um <laughs> Okay. That's a real thing. I've got it here somewhere at home. Uh, Yeah, my sister-in-law read that, and I think she's just about passed out from laughing. Um, So we tried. uh, So somebody in the mailroom at that time was like dyslexic or blind. Well, probably trying trying to read somebody's handwriting so I could see how Orvin. You know, if they didn't finish the O, it could be C. That happened. Yeah. Um, and so it was Orvin Stinson, and then I have a an uncle Shirley Shirley Thurman. No, so we stayed away from uh, you know cutesy naming schemes. I also know a family here where the kids are Norlin, no- Nolan, and Nordine. Oh, yeah, God, how could the mother? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so like I say, we had specific things when it came hey, to naming you. our kids. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it. Well, when it gets to the point where you point at them and sputter, you are in deep trouble. Well, my my kids' names are different. I still I they get called the dog's name once in a while now too so <laughs> yeah well, and you talk about family quirks like that too uh i have my sister and then my uh my mom's sister my aunt grace mom would always get those would just interchange them all the time she would point at my sister and call her grace um and you know so that's kind of a family quirk type deal but yeah when you start looking into your families and see what's going on and you know, and we're kicking ourselves. Yeah, and we're kicking ourselves because we should have sat down um, 
my dad is a story was a storyteller, which is you know where I got it from, and. Um, you know, we should have got some of his stories uh, recorded, but at that time, well, tape recorders, cassette recorders was just becoming a thing, and nobody thought to do that. Uh, so well, we that's sh- the interesting thing. So you said your siblings are, like, you don't feel the, the stress of having to really deal too much with this stuff because your your, sister, your siblings are, are working on it, right? So are right. they, yeah. they're somehow digitizing and documenting this somehow so that anybody who asks, can oh, yeah. access it somehow in a digital record? Yeah, um, they are. Uh, my brother is using. No, my sister is using. Oh shoot, I don't have the link handy here. Um, I forget which program it is, but she's entered the information into it. Family Tree Maker. No, it's a uh, open sourced one, I believe. Um, oh, I uh, wonder if that's the one I downloaded. It's not Ancestry. No, because I use a uh, Mac Family Tree. No, mm-hmm. uh, it's an uh, open source. To see if I can. Elise, Elise, are you kind of like the designated person that's kind of taken on that responsibility, or do you the have help from other that family I ran, members? No, no, not at all. The problem I ran into a lot, and I still run into, is when there's nobody around. Like mm. we really don't have family anymore. Mm. And when I would ask my mother. What about Mm -hmm. this person? Because I might have person A and person B, and I know they're related, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're cousins. Are they brother-in-laws? Are they uncle and nephew? I don't know. And I need her to tell me something that she remembers Mm -hmm. about them that I can say, oh, that must be their cousins then, and then I can like follow that path. Mm -hmm. She never remembered, and my mother died last year a few months ago, so Mm -hmm. that that's been that you know obviously that avenue is closed mm-hmm. and when i asked my father about that that i emailed him today i said does this ring a bell i found this piece of information is this person related to this person there you know his wife's name was this they lived here his kids names were this mm-hmm. and he writes back nope doesn't <laughs> ring a bell and like everything mm-hmm. i ask him he remembers nothing mm. yeah I, even when my husband and i went, i remember when we first got married my mother-in-law would tell stories and i remember thinking <laughs> Oh, I feel so much pressure. Like I, I'm the the newly minted wife, you know. Like I'm the newly minted Davis. Like this is going to be my responsibility to to start, you know, cataloging all these stories. And and to some degree, I, I started writing things down and stuff. But then that's what ends up happening is as people age, they forget or they embellish things so much to the point where you just don't know if it's the right story or not. At one point in time, I was making a genogram for something that I was doing in therapy, and and that's when I was started asking a lot of questions and. Uh, Facebook actually came in handy because I had gotten to meet, um, and I think it's helpful for for medical things too, because I did actually end up inadvertently helping a a distant cousin because she didn't know enough about family. Like one of our cousins connected the two of us, and then we got to meet, and then we hung out, and it was interesting to see the the fa- familiar similarities and genetics within our kids and stuff. But she ended up having some medical issues that. She didn't, like, I guess from the details that I was able to give her about my branch of the family, she was able to put things together and like, oh, that makes sense now. And I better go get this checked out because of that reason and that sort of thing. So I think for, for that reason alone, I think it's it's helpful to delve into it. But I'm, I'm looking at a book right now that I have on my shelf that um, my... Uh, my in-laws had given to me that it's just, you know, it's like a four inch binder and it's just got stuff in it. And I just, every time I look at it, I just think, Oh, do I want to open it? Cause they handed it to me there. And I was like, well, what, what exactly is this? And they're like, well, we were hoping, you know, you could put this on the computer. 
<laughs> those, yeah, those, those were their exact words. We we were hoping you could put this on the computer. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot. I go into Whoa. ancestry. And I find I find a census. I find a marriage certificate. I find a death mm. certificate, social security, or whatever it happens to be. And then I download it as a PDF, and then I attach mm. it to each person. So if it's yeah. a census, it's, it's a lot of work. Census. I've helped people with some of those programs. And there's and mom and dad and eight Ooh. children. I attach it to 10 different people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you see, uh, my brother, well, both my brother and my sister did this in the uh, 70s and 80s before oh. computers. So they oh, boy. they went to a lot of courthouses. They uh, and Microfiche. Uh, yeah, or even uh, because where our family farm is uh, south of town here, around the curves, um, probably not even a quarter mile away, was the... Uh, the country school, which also served as the township hall. And so there was a lot of records in there. So he would go down there and found out a lot of uh, information about my grandpa McPeak because he, you know, he was, uh, I think, treasurer for a while and did different things. And uh, so he got paid by the township for doing different things, helping build roads and um a lot of that stuff, and so there was records like that. Uh, he spent uh, my brother spent a lot of time out in graveyards doing uh, etchings and mm. uh, um, oh wow that kind of stuff because that was back before digital cameras too. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, uh, and he said he probably got a few looks from strange people um, because that was shortly after you know it was that the TV show Roots I think really kickstarted the uh, genealogy oh, yeah, thing. Did. Yes. It did. And, Mm-hmm. And it was after that, so it was like, say, it was late 70s uh, and uh, 80s in there. So uh, it wasn't – people still looked at you kind of strange if you were hunched over in a uh, cemetery looking at things like that. But, uh, you know, they uh, – Well, now people are starting to do things differently. I have a family yeah. member who recently passed away, and he wanted none of that. There's nothing. There's no grave marker. There's nothing. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. Where do you put his final resting place, Earth? There's nothing. It's he's been scattered. So. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And that makes things a little interesting. And then, uh, you know, one other thing that makes um, things interesting, uh, and I guess just to prove that I come from a unique family, my mom and her brother married a brother and a sister. So I have. Oh, no. Yes. I have cousins who are double cousins. Wait, say that again. Say that again, Mike. My mom's, my mom and her brother married a brother and a sister. Okay, but they're not related. But yeah, I get get what you mean. Yeah, because mom and her brother (laughs) married. So mom's husband, that was her first husband, uh, not my dad, but my step brother's dads. So uh, his, uh, his sister married my mom's brother. Yeah, go in a circle like that. So you know, yeah. I need to write this down and draw a little yeah. flow chart. And yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and so when you try something to... like that in my family too, with step with step people, like my somebody somebody married somebody, then they got divorced, and then then they dated, and then had a child with that person's step brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's but. like watching Days of Our Lives. You know, I, yeah. I mean, when I watch Days Get of Our Lives, your banjo. I, and your I really, yeah, I really feel like before anyone dates on that show, they need to do a DNA test because they're always right. related to each other. Yeah, Th- you this- know what? Have any of you used Mind Node, the app called Mind Node, or, or any kind of mind mapping? I, I don't care that, for that. That would be a good tool for that. I bet. Well, what I would uh, would do, because I had done some of this, I had entered some stuff in there because we had documented or we had created a family tree book for my 
mom's dad's side of the family, which isn't quite so documented as mom's mom's side. Um, but uh, what did I use? Uh, family tree maker, I think it was. And so I put that stuff in there, and that was rather helpful. So you pick two people, and it'll tell you what the relationship is uh, between the two. Um, and that makes it kind of are any are those are all those software pieces still being updated like are they still supported by the oh. developer because that would suck if like they just abandoned it and then you couldn't open it or you couldn't get at your data or you couldn't well, sometimes what it happens in a meaningful is, way yeah what uh, there was one that did end up mm. stop developing but what it did it transferred to something else oh okay uh, yeah so it would... wasn't like your sol yeah, I think uh, most of them, except maybe the really old stuff, because I think my uh, wife's dad had done some stuff. No, I think it was u- being used back then. Make sure it's got the GEDCOM. Uh, you can save it in the GEDCOM mm. format, because I think a lot of genealogy is settled on that format as a way of being able to exchange data back and forth uh, between different types of programs. I think that's become a hopefully a reasonable standard. Um, so you can export it out of one and import it into another and not have things screwed up too much. Now, if they add extra things... Um, like if one supports pictures and the others doesn't or something like that, you'll run into problems there. But I think your basic core data of, you know, uh, birth, death, date, you know, relationship, that kind of stuff, that should get passed through. But, you know, some allowed you to be able to add, you know, extensive notes or stories or pictures or something like that. And if this one that you're importing it into doesn't support that or support it in the way that the other one did, then you may have a problem. But as far as, you know, core data um, – and I say I think most of them, unless they're being really stupid, will now support the GEDCOM format because hmm. my sister has that uh, does have the information saved in that. I just need to get it from her and get a piece of uh, you know genealogy software and throw it in there. To uh, uh, have you talked to your kids about it, or do they have any interest? Either one of you? Do any of your kids have any interest mine in that? Don't care. Um, mine don't care. Mine are kind of interested because, like I said, not even your son that's getting married. What about his nope. wife? No, don't care. Okay. Mm. Well, and like I say, we well, of course, we grew up. I I was a teenager when my uh, brother and sister started doing this stuff, so I listened to it a lot. And you know, we've always, you know, this is the Midwest where we always talk about family and somebody being related to somebody else. And you know, the joke around here is you can't throw, you can't spit without hitting a relative or something like that. So mm-hmm. family here is, you know, um, reasonably important. And we'll have the, oh yeah, you're so-and-so's brother's cousin's son's kid, whatever. Uh, you know, that kind of discussion comes up from time to time. So, uh, and I think in my family, uh, my kids, uh, I think they do have an interest. I think we need to get it in some way that they can kind of wrap their head around it. Uh, because um, mm-hmm. they kind of yeah, heard you just stories. talked about getting it from one of your siblings. Yeah. But then what are you going to do with it? Right. <laughs> is, and, it, is it going to die with you, or are you going to pass it down? I mean, you sure. think all this work would be worth something to somebody? Yeah, and like I say, just so they can kind of see who's who there. And I should talk to my wife and see if she would. Uh, I think she might have her DNA done, so we could see what's there, and then, uh, and then maybe see what the kids want to do and see what they because. My wife is more of a you know a Duke's mixture of different things. Mine is, like I say, fairly well delineated, but uh, hers there's different. Like so, I think there's some mm-hmm. Welsh and uh, well, Blanchard that's French, and so um, there's all these different kind of things that uh, probably some Scandinavian stuff in there, and so uh, it would be kind of interesting to see what hers 
does come out to be and then see what our kids end up being at that point i mean to have our kids reach the uh, genealogy genealogical version of a mutt uh you know a little bit of everything or um yeah my kids are already there so yeah it'd be interesting <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe that's why people lose interest in in it after so long because i don't know i it's, i start wondering what's the point in in all of it after a while i mean it's nice well, to trace your roots back, but when when you come from a family or you end up in a family where your roots go everywhere Right. It's like, well, what do I do with that then? Yeah, and where none of them seem to, like I say, outside of being related to uh, 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 one or two of the pilgrims, you re- we really can't point to say, yeah, we're related to John Wayne or you know, anybody really notable or interesting. It's just like, yeah, we're related to people. Well, I imagine they probably started it back in the day just to prevent people from inbreeding, just to oh, yeah. prevent people from marrying relatives, you know, close enough that it would cause birth defects or, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, we had to get blood tests back in the day when we got married, but I don't even know if that's, I don't even think, I used to think, well, I guess it, it was when, when you would get married, you would have to get a blood test. And I, I thought that the purpose of that, the sole purpose of that was to make sure, you know, because they weren't relying on these paper records or these things that we're talking about, they were relying on science and, and blood work was to make sure that you weren't related so that you could, you know, you were, you had breeding papers basically that you could go and have children and not have to worry right. about it. But anymore now, I don't even think that's the case. Maybe it's because we're so diluted. I don't know. But I think anymore now, it's just for the CDC to be able to tra- yeah. to track a venereal disease. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's really that's what that's I thought the main it was goal for. of it now. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought it was for. I don't think kids. I don't think they people get blood tests anymore when they get married. Well, uh, well that, yeah, that's why I'm asking. I don't think they are either. I mean, I think when when my husband and I got married, you know, close to 14 years ago, we had to get a blood test for the condition of being able to get our marriage license. Like it was required. So did, so did but, we. But it was only because of where we were getting married. We were getting married in Massachusetts at the time. And it was because of, it it didn't matter that we lived in different places. I was from one end of the country. He was from the other end of the country. But because of where we decided, the place where we decided to get our marriage license, there had been a higher instance of, I want to say it was syphilis at the time. It might have been something else. But it was a requirement of getting a marriage certificate. It was it was a law. You did have to get a blood test. Now, well, we got our blood test done in Pennsylvania. So it didn't even matter where you got your blood test. You just had to have that paperwork stamped to get your marriage license. Well, but right. it all had to do with just, going back to the CDC. Yeah, I just looked it up. It says most do not now. Okay. State mm-hmm. marriage license, a premarital blood test checks for venereal disease or rubella. They also uh, might disclose presence of genetic disorders such as uh, sickle cell anemia or Tay-Sachs uh, Well, and I was going to say, too, because I kind of remember when we got ours, uh, and maybe it's not – Maybe it's not a thing now. I don't know, but the RH factor. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So different blood types uh, could potentially cause problems with children. I forget what those. Right. So it's more like are. a the more you know kind of a thing, yeah. so that you could know when you were yeah. getting married what you're getting well, yourself into and for th- the purposes of having kids. And I think it probably does go back to the the breeding thing. But I think genealogy was probably originally started by royal families so that they could maintain mm. the the purity of the. The lines or whatever. And the property. Yes, oh, and look at this. Control. There is a chart here of what states require it. Oh. District of Columbia require oh. it. Uh-huh. And you have to wait three days before, uh, three days between applying for your license and the, and the blood work. Um, then when you scroll down in Montana, just the woman. Huh. huh. Okay. Interesting. So Ma- Massachusetts doesn't have it anymore? 
Nope. Those are the only two states. Wow. I'm sorry. Mississippi. I missed that one. Oh, yeah. Huh. So Mississippi, you have to take a test. Montana, just the females. And Washington, D.C. That's it? That's huh. it? Out of all the states, there's only Whoa. three that require it yeah, anymore? But it does say, and wow. I think this is for New York. Isn't that amazing um, what can change in just a little over you, a decade? Well, in New York, it says no, except for sickle cell testing for African-Americans and Hispanic applicants. Hmm. Okay. I thought sickle cell, or what am I thinking of? Tay-Sachs is for, for people who are of Jewish descent? Tay-Sachs or Jewish. Tay-Sachs. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, now oh, there's a... Now that we've uh, you know established that I may come from a nut tree here, um, <laughs> how about we uh, move on to our our picks and spend some of our sure. imaginary money here? So um, let's see here. Where? Uh, how about we start with uh, Melissa? Uh, what is it that you've got here? Sure. So I probably will want to just briefly broach the subject because it's kind of a can of worms, um, and I would like to delve into this at some point in the future, but. Just to get you to start thinking about it, my pick is actually a, a very specific type of microphone. And what it is for, this is called, I don't know what the FS stands for, but it's a binaural microphone. So what that means is when you record with this microphone, you are recording in like stereo channels. And, and the purpose of this is for people who create either videos or just audio, it's predominantly video because it involves both visual and auditory uh, for ASMR videos. So if you want to look up ASMR, it's very interesting. ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. To shorten it, just to get you interested in it, um, some people refer to it as a brain orgasm. <laughs> awesome. There is a certain, yeah, there's a certain, <laughs> this is really is geeky so stuff, but, but I knew I, I had you at orgasm, right? Uh, yeah. That should be our title. I had you at orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. So just to get you, this is, this is the foreplay episode. <laughs> This thing you're interested in this. So everybody go out and Google ASMR and you'll find all kinds of information out that stuff that you never wanted to know, but some things that maybe might might strike a nerve with you. Um, yeah, I'm going to probably have to quit before I get ahead <laughs> myself here. But basically, my pick is a very expensive microphone. Uh, this one that I picked because of our, our, our range, it falls right smack in the middle there. It, it just just under just a smidge under four uh, five hundred dollars or a little bit over if you count shipping and handling. It's it's priced at four ninety nine, but it's available from different sellers. But what's cool about it is it's a microphone and it's got two models uh, of the left and right ear on either side. And so the people, they're, they're called ASMR artists or ASMR artists, depending on how you want to pronounce that. Uh, they're people who create these videos and these audio works for people like me who experience ASMR. And the purpose of this microphone is that when they speak or when they make sounds, they will speak into different ears. And so when you listen back to it, and if you are a person who experiences ASMR, you will feel tingles depending on which side of the ear that they speak on. Now, just as a disclaimer, there are people who, if you are a type of person who cannot stand the sound of someone chewing or, or eating their food, this is not for you. Oh, run God. the hell away. <laughs> <laughs> run, in the, run as fast as you can. Because this is for the opposite end of the spectrum of people who, who like those kinds of sounds or like, you know, people who like to pop bubble wrap or open up 
like, you know, a lot of geeks really enjoy unboxing videos. And there may actually be a scientific reason behind that. It might not just be because you're a nerd and you want to see what's in the box or you want to um, document it somehow. But there are people who can't get enough of unboxing videos because they like the sounds and the stimulation that they get from it that they're not realizing is just something you're not really you know tuned into until you put this together that oh that's why i like those unboxing videos so much or you know it started out with uh if you guys are ever familiar with the painter named bob ross oh yeah if you remember the yeah. joy of painting well the reason they, they call the people in the asmr community of which i i Pretty much, I'll just tell you, I'm a card-carrying member of. Um, we consider Bob Ross as the godfather of ASMR because uh, after his death, it was discovered that, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason why people enjoyed watching those videos and they would get so sleepy, or like another example would be Cosmos uh, with Neil Tyson. Uh, um, uh, you know, you listen to their voices and it's just so mesmerizing. And just the sound of their voice and the cadence in which they speak and the way that their lips smack together or, you know, just the words that they say and the, the way that they say them. That's ASMR because you instantly get relaxed by it. And so this, this microphone that I chose is the type of microphone that people use to record those kinds of audio because it records both channels and it can switch between ears depending on what you want to do with it. So... Again, that's just the, the floor foreplay episode that you can go and then delve into this and learn more about it. And maybe sometime I'll talk so, about it in a future, future episode because so, it's really geeky. So what you're saying is uh, Bob Ross is the complete opposite of Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I just want to be clear on that because Gilbert Gottfried yeah. does not make you calm or relax. So. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. And there, but there are some people that enjoy that for whatever reason. Well, <laughs> well yeah. And like I say, there is something about the hypnotic quality of Bob Ross. Cause I remember when he had his PBS show on probably back in the eighties or something oh, like that. Glued to it. Yes. In the happy little trees and happy little accidents. Mm -hmm. So some mm -hmm. days I ought to be like completely ecstatic with all the things that go wrong in my life, but you know, whatever, you know, but, you know, because happy accents, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of um, mesmerizing. I, Mildly fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so now I want to go watch Bob Ross videos and happy bushes. Um, <laughs> have, a, have, a nice, have a nice dream. <laughs> sure, there you go. Okay, well, that sounds all calm and relaxing. So what do you have to follow it up with, uh, Elisa? Something that's not calm and relaxing, at least not the way <laughs> I use it. And it would be... For $349, the HomePod. So if you had play money, you'd totally get one, right? You know, I don't even know if I would, to be totally honest, because <laughs> I have a Sonos. Mm -hmm. I have the Amazon Echo. Well, I have the Tab. Mm -hmm. I don't really need this. And the, one of the things with uh, the HomePod is that you're limited to only Apple products. So it's Apple Music, iTunes Music, iCloud Music, Beats Radio, Podcasts. So at least with my Sonos, with my Amazon, I can listen to various other inputs. I can listen to Sirius. I can listen to MLB or TuneIn or Accu, um, Accu Music and all the Pandora. This is just limited just to Apple. Now, whether they're yeah, going to change that in the future – I mean, I do have tons of music, as we already know. I've got, you know, 5,000 plus songs on my iTunes. I've got Apple Music. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be limited. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And for, for me, you don't this want is... to put all your eggs in one pod. <laughs> ho, ho. 
Um, but it's supposed to be really, really good sound yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you know, considering the quality of my hearing, uh, uh, I don't need a uh, complete audiophile experience. And like I say, you are locked into Apple because um, you know I do have iTunes. I, and I've got my music stored in there, but I don't use Apple Music. I use uh, some combination of Pandora, Google Music slash uh, YouTube, and uh, uh, Amazon mm-hmm. Unlimited to listen to music. Uh, so, yeah, it just uh, – for me, it's a big meh. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, my weakness is for gadgets, so I'm kind of going, eh. And besides which, Siri just – infuriates me sometimes it's gotten a little better but still you know <laughs> i grab- bad when you wouldn't even spend your play money on it so yeah. so, if you're, so what you need to do is you need to use your play money to send it as a gift to someone like me sure <laughs> and if you can fit in my house where i don't have a virtual right. assistant in outside of my iphone yet right yeah and for somebody like you who does live in the apple system um uh, mm-hmm. that probably would be you know uh, uh probably would work out good for you but like say, you know i'm you know notorious yeah. for my uh cross-platform you know idiocy you're, um, you're the agnostic geek yeah there we go um i have no allegiance to nobody but uh uh, so, okay, well, you know, if we, you know, don't want to, uh, you know, have audio orgasms here or we don't want to listen to, uh, you know, the, um, uh, <laughs> yes, the, we do. Well, okay. Well, okay. If you get tired of that and you want to do something else, um, and you don't want to listen to your, uh, your Apple, uh, home pod or you've had your nap your or your Apple tide pod or no, that's, that's a completely <laughs> different, stupid thing. Um, uh, what I have here is, uh, and I came across it, and anybody who is looking at the show notes noticed I kind of cheated a little bit and bumped the price down because I was, when I found this, I thought it was $200. So I, you know, I brought the limp down. So this is $200. <laughs> cheater. I cheated. Yes, I know. But I saw it and I thought it was kind of interesting. So it's. I think the, we'll find it in our hearts to forgive you somehow. Okay. Well, and like I say, this is mildly interesting. It's the Myo Gesture, gesture Control Armband. So you put this on your arm and i guess you calibrate it and then you can uh so it, it has uh you know gyros and sensors and stuff in there and so you can use it to, uh, for gesture control and so some of the things that they are showing is that you can use it to um you know maybe control a quadcopter by tilting your hand one way or another you might change the the pitch and the awe of it um you can use it for presentation so you don't have to have a pointer just by uh kind That's of fl- cool. flicking your arm you know you could do that uh for your media center you uh you could just sit there and flick at uh things around you wouldn't have to have the remote <laughs> um and what i was thinking about Good it was we're at the end of the show mike yes uh, <laughs> gonna go down here quickly <laughs> okay um or um um or for like uh game playing uh to be able to like if you're doing a sword uh sword fighting game where you you know you could control uh, the sword and your shield by doing this kind of thing uh it just seems kind of neat and kind of interesting so um he said sword <laughs> yeah sword um but I saw that. That's cool. I hope that silencing gets into the audio because you sounded like Tron when you said that. I kind of like one of these quest customer questions. Can I use this to convince small children I'm a wizard? <laughs> I never got oh boy, that is far. This, is this going to be one of those products where the where the comments are better than the product? Uh, I have to go read them now. Let's see. I didn't bother. Stupid me. I didn't bother to go down there that far. Um, now somebody's asking. Uh, 
You can you use this as an input for prosthetics. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, huh. Can it replace a mouse? I have severe arthritis, and I use a touchpad, but would like to, uh, to be free of mouse and touchpad. Too much pain. So, hmm. okay. It's one of those things that it looks like uh, you're only limited by its ability and what you can think of to do with it. Because when I first saw it, I kind of, well, okay, you know. But, yeah, once I started thinking about these other possibilities, um, or like people who, you know, have problems with their hands or, you know, something, uh, and they hmm. want to be have, be able to have gesture control. So I saw this, and I thought, well, hey, this is, you know, it's kind of a, a geeky thing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, okay, well, since I think we've, you know, all, you know, uh, explored our forefathers and we've, uh, done our foreplay, uh, I think now we'll probably, uh, bring us to the end of the show. So, uh, let's start by, uh, you know, uh, telling everybody where we can be found. So, uh, uh, Elisa, where can people find you? On Twitter, it's at Sensei Dai. And, uh, you can also listen to our podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, which is at threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out which is the podcast I do with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. Uh, and Melissa, uh, where can people hear more of your uh, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts. She yeah. has thoughts. lots of them. I, yes. have, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> you can find me uh, online all over at The Mac Mommy. And I also do a podcast with uh, David Ginsberg called In Touch with iOS. And we explore the geekier side of iOS products. So check those out. And if you want to hear more about me, I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman. And uh, I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to uh, hear more of what I have to say, go check me out on uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk at SciFiTechTalk.com. We'll have a new episode coming out soon. I think we're... uh, yeah, all personal issues have been resolved. I think we're back on track now. So uh, check me out there. But uh, And uh, if you want to uh, find out more about the show, uh, head on over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, reviews on iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone who does that. Uh, and we hope you all have enjoyed this show as much as we've had here, uh, as, as much as we've been here just fooling around in our tomfoolery. And, uh, Some of us enjoy it a little more than others. <laughs> I may just oh, have to think about that for. <laughs> okay, so between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek or something. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bart Pushots, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month, I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a forty thousand foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.